Buongiorno, my friend. Buongiorno. No, seriously, dude, I, was, I wasn't looking at the computer. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I hear this, like, these crazy sounds. I kind of forgot crinkle, that I had crinkle. my headphones on. And I'm like, huh. I didn't, I didn't see you there, friend. It, was and, it Jason? Uh, was he behind you? Dude, I'm telling you, man, I'm a little jumpy. I even had, like, some, I don't want to call it a nightmare last night, but I just was, like, restless, and I just kept on thinking about him and stuff. So, you know? and a banana wasn't really oh, dude. <laughs> into it. No, man. Which, dude, I can't, first off, I can't believe I convinced her to even just be in the same room. But she's but you know it's got like one of the dudes from Supernatural. And uh, Oh, really? I was like, "Come on, it's got Sam from huh. Supernatural." And she's like, "Well, I'll just I'll just be like reading something while mm-hmm. you're doing." It. I'm like, "Okay, cool." Dude, didn't even make it through the opening sequence, man. <laughs> like two literally, I'm not even joking. 2 minutes 30 seconds. She's like, yeah, you're going to have to watch this in another room. Well, to her credit, though, it, usually that first sequence is like, man, we're going to... Yeah, but it wasn't that bad, dude. It's really, it was just kind of like a... <laughs> Which, well, by the way, I dude, say that and somebody gets beheaded, so... Well. Oh, yeah, there you go. Um, I have to say, the similarities between Martin Short in that skit and... <laughs> And small. And the lead singer of Space Dog? No. I mean Space Hog. <laughs> and Jason when he's a kid. Oh, man. Kind of. Come on. Come on. No, no, no. I'm talking about like the huge forehead when he's like. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> and there it was, guys. <sighs> Canceled. Hey, all you campers, welcome back to your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad, a podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, pre-internet mysteries, slasher movies, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. I'm your camp counselor, Tyler Bentz, and here's your other camp counselor, Woody Brown. What's up, dude? Oh, man. Well, dude, you know, when this episode... Mm -hmm. Is released. Yep, it's this. It's gonna be the same week as Friday the Thirteenth. Like, there's gonna be an I mean, actual Friday the Thirteenth. It's almost like we planned it. I, I know, right? We figured that what better time as we're kind of winding down Camp Rat Strangeness. Mm-hmm. People are beginning to kind of go back to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so summer camp is over in just a few weeks. Yep. We thought, what a better time. Yeah. to finally celebrate and talk about one of the greatest and certainly, I think, highest-grossing horror movie franchises, mm. and that is Friday the 13th. Boom. I mean, also, I, I do have to say, it, it, I mean, there are 12 of them, so... It's something that we've been wanting to talk about for a while, but mm-hmm. truthfully, like, I, I sort of wanted to get all of them that I could on VHS before we talked about them. Mm-hmm. For a lot of selfish reasons. But mm-hmm. if you're a VHS collector, then you know that kind of getting all of them is kind of an expensive endeavor. Yeah. And it, some of them are harder to find. But I happened upon essentially the whole collection except for the reboot mm-hmm. uh, from one seller. Wow. And, uh, man, I, it was like I, I won this auction on eBay. You know, it's as a VHS collector, it's much more fun to kind of find these tapes, quote-unquote, in the wild. 
Mm-hmm. But for something like this, when you want like the whole collection, yeah. it's just easier just to, you know, you're going to spin a little bit more. It's just easier to go and get it. And mm-hmm. I won this auction and I was so happy, dude. Now, are there, like, so, are there any pages, sorry to derail you, but pages. are there any pages that are uh, sites that you can go to to get just like old school? Or do you kind of strictly stay on that like forum page and then eBay? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> there's a, and I think we kind of talked about this in one of our previous episodes, but there, there are a couple different Facebook groups mm-hmm. and, you know, there's just various different, sort of ways to kind of find there's several folks on Instagram that sell VHS from Instagram. You know, mm. it's just a matter of kind of figuring out who you can trust, who you can't, you know, that Kent Miskatonic. Yep. That's one of them. Mm-hmm. And he actually does like some really cool sort of like custom made oh, that are just like so cool. Man, yeah. So so cool. By the way, real quick, uh shout out to my daughter Amelia Jude, who is going into first grade today. Her first big day, so happy, oh, man. happy back to school day, Amelia. Yeah, dude, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Although I doubt that she's going to be listening to this episode because of the subject matter. I mean, like 30 years from now. Yeah, 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 true. Yeah. I'm ready to talk about Friday the 13th. Let's get in there. Before we do, though, there's something that I kind of need. Let me just say this. What I found after viewing all these movies and kind of talking with some of our listeners, you know, via Instagram and figuring things out, what I found was like, in terms of ranking them from, let's say, worst to best, mm-hmm. man, it's kind of all over the place in terms of people's opinions. I mean, even when you go online and look up, you know, movie sites and like people that really kind of focus only on this kind of thing, everybody's kind of like all over the place in terms of which one they feel like is the worst and even which one they feel like is the best. Now, there's a couple that tend to sort of lean in both of those directions. Mm-hmm. But I was just surprised. It seemed like it would be pretty clear cut, especially after watching all of them, which, you know, would end up at least on the worst category. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't look a ton into this, but I did notice that, like, there were several people that would say this franchise was awesome until the fifth yeah, one. Don't, d- hey, don't spoil No, no, no. I, I'm not okay. spoiling anything. I'm just saying, like, that was, like, the one sort of consistency that I did see. I don't know. I haven't I, seen them in. I mean, God, forever. forever. Well, here's another thing that I want people to understand Mm -hmm. is that truthfully, you know, growing up, Freddy was, I watched those movies more um, consistently than I I did the the Friday the 13th movies. At the time, for whatever reason, Freddy was always a lot scarier to me and it sort of filled that void, I guess, Mm -hmm. of like that feeling you get whenever you're an adolescent that you just want to be like freaked out. And so I was drawn to those movies Introduced to him by my my friend who was from Finland that lived in my neighborhood. Oh, n- now is that the dude? Him. Is that the dude that would do the uh, the bad mixtapes? Yes, dude. Oh cool. man, I wish I still had a copy of those things. But I liked Friday the Thirteenth, but not as much. Now, I don't think I ever actually watched them until about high school, and I think our buddy Jeremiah Perez, who Jeremiah. also introduced me to mm-hmm. the the Halloween movies, I think the first time I ever saw Friday the Thirteenth was at his house as well. Yeah, he, so, he's done that with me too. Like several horror movies that, I, that I'd never seen. He's like, oh man, you got to watch it. Come over. Yeah. He's and just he's kind of like... into those, man. He, yeah. was the, he, he was the guru, man. He, mm-hmm. he knew he had copies of them. It was awesome. What I realized very quickly as I started to watch these is I don't think I ever made it past part two. Yeah. And honestly, I think I only saw like part two one time because it was essentially almost like brand new. I've, I've seen part one multiple times for sure, mm-hmm. but 
beyond that, like all of these are pretty much new to me. Yeah. I have no idea in terms of ranking. That's mm-hmm. just too hard. I mean, I can kind of categorize some like in segments because mm-hmm. again, there's 12 movies that we're talking about here. Yeah, 12. That's a, that's a lot. It's a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. I can kind of segment them out into a couple different categories, like just straight up campy, good because they're not good. Yeah. Style. And then there's like a middle section that's sort of like, yeah, they're pretty cool. And then there's like the ones that are like, man, these are super rad and pretty iconic. Yeah, let's just, let's just let's keep it fair. Let's just do uh, chronological. chronological. Yeah. Okay. Which, which, by the way, I I feel like I'm with you also. Like I remember seeing, I know I've seen the first one, the second one, I think the third one when I was like younger, and then all of the others kind of they just kind of blend together. So I don't know if I've missed several or. I have no idea. It's kind of like after the second one for sure, I'm kind of lost. Yeah, well, it would have been nice if you, um, you know, if you would have watched all 12 of them. Well, that's why you, name, but that's why you did it. Yeah. No. Um, all right, so let's, let's start with this first one. So one of the reasons why I think this one is iconic for everyone, but certainly for me too, and it, and it sits in that sort of section of like iconic movies in this series, is that... You know, obviously, it's the first one. Mm-hmm. It was released in 1980. Mm. And, you know, it's got Kevin Bacon, very young Kevin Bacon, wow. plays one of the camp counselors. Mm. The whole premise and part of the reason why I think it's perfect timing for us to talk about now, and it kind of coincides with, you know, our episode about the summer camp slasher mm-hmm. subgenre of horror movies, mm-hmm. is that, like, that's where this takes place. And I'm pretty confident that most of our listeners kind of grew up when we did and so if they haven't seen them then they at least know that you know that's the basic basic premise and idea yeah right? mm-hmm. uh, which by the way there are going to be spoilers in this episode and so if you haven't seen these movies ever i highly encourage you to hunt them out i'm pretty sure you can watch almost all of them mm-hmm. on hbo max right now i think Oh, Um, cool. So you don't have to, you know, try to hunt them down on VHS like I did. So, again, you want to kind of be surprised by some of the twists and turns that these movies will take you through and, and, you know, that kind of thing. Then go ahead and just pause the episode Mm -hmm. and come back later. Because the spoilers will begin now. After these messages, we'll be right back. America's future can be determined by our dreams and our visions. It was very intense For over 200 years, there have been reports of giant man-like creatures. From another dimension, another world, I don't know. The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent. You're listening to That Would Be Rad. All right, so this movie... For me, if I was ranking them, part of the reason why it wouldn't be like the number one spot is because it's like, you know, in terms of quality and stuff, it's a little bit lower budget. The mm-hmm. movie being in like 1980, the cool thing about it too is like, it's obvious that it was recorded or filmed, you know, in the late 70s and then released in the 80s. So everybody yeah. still has that like more of a 70s vibe than they do 80s. You know? Is it, it so kind of like, like, like the burning, how we sort of felt about that? It's almost like what 
a lot of movies that are trying to be 80s. Yeah. Slasher. Yeah. Summer camp movies, kind of, that's where they're looking to for their fashion. And it's still a little bit 70s, really, than it yeah. is 80s. Mm-hmm. Like a bunch of ringer tees. And- yeah. And like, you know, I don't want to get too nitpicky here, but, you know, some of the lighting and, and stuff in terms of how it's filmed mm-hmm. is kind of lacking. But there's this overall vibe that is really kind of, I don't know, kind of pulls you in because it's lit so poorly. Mm. And because the way that they shoot it and the way they kind of show like the kills and stuff, I feel like it makes it even scarier to me. Yeah. Yeah. And so the whole movie, you're, you're kind of viewing this and, you know, I, I, I wish I could go back to when I first watched this because I'm fairly certain that Jeremiah didn't tell me the twist because, mm. you know, you kind of have heard of Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. And now, of course, if you've never seen them, the first thing you think of is Jason in the hockey mask, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And so I wish I would have kind of seen it in 1980 before I knew yeah. anything about that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have any prior knowledge to it. Um, but it still, I think, would have been a great movie. Because here's the thing. Again, sorry for the spoilers. The whole movie, you're watching it. And it's kind of like a murder mystery, if you will. People keep on getting picked off. These camp counselors get picked off kind of one by one. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the big reveal at the end with the final girl is that... Oh, my Lord. It is Jason's mom. Yep. So young. There it is. So pretty. Who, who's played by Betsy Palmer. What mm-hmm. monster could have done who, this? in this sort of dialogue, reveals that... She's the one that's been killing everybody because... She should never have opened this place again. There's been too much trouble here. Out of revenge because her son... Did you know that a young boy drowned the year before those two others were killed? Yep. And the camp counselors at the time weren't able to save him because, according to her... Going for her. The counselors were, weren't paying were any attention. Mm. They were making love while that young boy drowned. His name was Jason. Innocent Jason. My only child. Jason. You let him drown. You never paid any attention. Look what you did to him. Now, um, one thing that this movie has, and all of these movies have, and I think really kind of set up the template for a lot of horror movies in the future is it's, you know, got plenty of nudity, mm-hmm. plenty of sort of teenagers just kind of being... Um, teenagers. Teenagers, mm-hmm. yeah, right. And so the thing about all of these movies, the one thing they kind of, for the most part, have in common is this sort of, I guess, magnetic draw that Jason, and in this case, Mrs. Voorhees, had toward kids who are doing drugs and having sex mm-hmm. yeah. in the woods, right? Yep. That's who the victims typically are. Yeah. So if your kids are, you know, under the ages of like five or six, probably don't let them watch them. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, I don't really know when I'm going to, um, teenager, I guess. Yeah, 30s. Yeah, w- one thing I have to say that is really interesting on that topic of um, the big killer being Mrs. Voorhees is like, unlike Star Wars where we knew all about Darth Vader before we watched the movie back in the day, even though we were little, but, you know, it's like we already kind of knew where it kind of like, it doesn't, 
I mean, it doesn't ruin a movie, but it like it definitely gives away like the twist. There's actually it, this kind of works in the opposite direction because you, you know, you know, we we know that there's a ton of these movies made, and the second you say, you know, who's the main character in Friday the Thirteenth, everybody's immediately going to say, oh, it's Jason with the hockey mask and and all that. But it kind of works in this one's favor because you are kind of if you don't know anything about the first one and you go back to watch it, you're expecting it to be Jason. And right. it does have that flip. So it kind of, I don't know, time has sort of created like a situation where it's even better, you know, for the twist. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm glad you said that because for the most part, almost every one of these movies kind of has that in a way for me, mm. kind of going back and watching them for the first time because they're, believe it or not, there's, I mean, not as significant as that, I would say. But there are some plot twists here and there that you're like, what the heck? I, you know, I wasn't expecting it. Now, mm-hmm. in terms of all of them, I would say this one, the pace is pretty slow. It's still got that yeah. real early 80s sort of movie mm-hmm. pacing. Just like 30-second shots. Just <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and the score is like a straight ripoff of the Psycho score, you know, mm. uh, with this like string, like ring. Ring, mm-hmm. ring, kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But of course, this is when the first time that you're introduced to the kind of like oh, stuff. Oh, wow. And, you know, I had completely forgotten that this is where that comes from. Oh, you know, yeah, man. All these movies. I I, so, I would have thought that that came, you know, closer to like the something. second or third one. Yeah. Yeah, no. That's cool. And like, even like, I, I really love, this is going to sound so silly, but even the title sequence, like that whenever, every time the the logo pops up mm-hmm. for most of these movies. Man, it's like I can imagine myself being a teenager in the 80s when the rest of them came out and just being like, yes, you mm-hmm. know, because they time it sort of perfectly and it just slaps onto the screen and it's kind of like crummy yeah. graphic effect and you're just like, yes, man, it's kind of like 3D uh, words and stuff. And yeah. It's just, man. And, and there was one too that like, I don't know which one this was, but for some reason I remember this. It, it just like, you see it like coming and then it breaks through the glass. Yeah. But it's so crappy. It's just like. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. And then truthfully, something that always stuck with me after seeing these movies was the very, very, very end. And there's this scene where the, I guess the final girl is on this boat. Mm-hmm. And this is after she has killed Mrs. Voorhees by beheading her. Mm-hmm. And. Which, man, they have this, like, little fight sequence at the end. I just don't, man, am I going, like, we're not even, this is movie one, we got 12 to go through. Yeah, but the others are a little, this is kind of setting the pace. She is kind of in this boat, and all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. and I remember seeing this, man, I had to, like, pause it, rewind it, try to, like, you know, nowadays you can zoom in and stuff, take a picture, screenshot it, and kind of, like, zoom in to see what's going on. But this kid, basically... It's all sort of like there's you know, physical deformed and like yeah, it looks like it's just been living underwater, like you know, gross sort of skin. So yeah, pops out of the water mm-hmm. and grabs her at the very end. Yep. and it's like <gasps> I mean, yeah, that's that's the big money shot of that one for sure, dude. That one scared me to death because it's so weird looking yeah. and like the fact that it just pops out of the water, you're not ready for it. So if you have seen these movies before but you know maybe like 
your partner or loved one hasn't, mm-hmm. don't tell them about that because it's an awesome jump scare. Yeah, and it all, it also has this weird, like, you know, I mean, there's a little bit of this, like, sort of conditioning society-wise, but, like, there's something that you sort of feel, like, bad to because, I mean, it's clearly, like, a deformity type yeah. thing. Uh, but, but it, you know, it is coupled with, like, you know, what I presume being underwater for however long. So it's like this weird, like, it's this weird thing where you kind of feel bad, but it's also terrifying and, yeah. And and it's like, you never know. And that's another thing that you kind of have to sort of, as you're watching these, kind of suspend a little, like, trying to find the, the, hey, how is he still alive? Or why is he still alive? Kind of thing. Because it's like, dude, don't even try. It doesn't really make sense most of the time. So after like that, the boy jumps out of the water, pulls her in, mm-hmm. and then it cuts to like her waking up from the hospital. She's in the hospital now. She's safe. It's all right now, Alice. It's all over. Everything's over. Is anyone else alive? You know, she's like, all those people are dead or whatever. Are they all dead? She's talking to the police officer. Yes, ma'am. And she's like, the boy, is he dead too? Who? The boy, Jason. The officer is like, well, Jason? In the lake, the the one who attacked me, the one who pulled me underneath the water. Ma'am, we didn't find any boy. Then he's still there. Boom. Yeah. In the movie. Mm-hmm. This thing spawned, like I said before, 12 movies. Mm-hmm. And really, like, you got to wonder in terms of the evolution of Jason is a really fun thing to kind of, like, watch. Mm-hmm. And the, dif- the different designs and stuff of, you know, character design and costuming and stuff like that and special effects, how that gradually changes over time is is really interesting. So moving into uh, Friday the 13th Part 2, which actually came out the very next year, 1981, you know, again, kind of going back and watching these, I had completely forgotten about a lot of things. So this is actually the first movie where you see like a quote-unquote adult. Jason, same Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, relative premise it starts out the second that you turn on part two something that i really liked was they actually play sort of the last you know let's say five to ten minutes of the previous movie so they kind of like catch you up to present time oh and i can't remember that yeah yeah and then you've got this actress that played like the final girl alice Mm -hmm. played by adrian king so it kind of starts off months after this she's still kind of traumatized. So we're now, as an audience, we're following her around after this moment. And Mm -hmm. it kind of catches us up. We're following her around. So remember, she's the one that beheaded Jason's mom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the movie starts kind of two months later after this brutal massacre. Again, Alice wakes up after dreaming about Mrs. Voorhees. And it kind of like in the dream, she it just shows the sequence of her decapitating her. She goes to take a shower and decides to kind of like, there I don't know, put on some, you know, tea or something. She's boiling a kettle. Mm-hmm. She opens the fridge, dude. She finds Mrs. Voorhees' severed head mm-hmm. and then is immediately killed by someone you don't know. And that's mm-hmm. the beginning of the movie. And you're like, what? So it's like, you know, one of the things in a, that we've kind of talked about before, part of the reason why I enjoyed the Scream movies well, again, spoilers, but I mean, God, man, we're now into like 20-something years yeah. later, was the fact that like a high-profile character played by... Um, uh, Nev Campbell. 
No, no, no. Oh, Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Mm -hmm. You know, the high-profile character played by Drew Barrymore is killed off in the first part of the movie. You know, like the intro, Mm -hmm. essentially. And that's kind of what happened here. Which was such a a misdirect because her face was like the biggest face and she was the biggest On the poster, man. And it's like they take you through this whole like synopsis, I guess, of what happened in the first movie Mm -hmm. in this dream sequence. You wake up, it's Alice, she's there, she's about to take a shower, boom, she gets murdered right away. And you're like, what? Mm. So then basically people have now come back to Crystal Lake, but there's no campers. It's actually just being used as a training facility for camp counselors. Mm. It kind of starts off, one of the one of the head counselors essentially is kind of... I don't want to scare anyone, but I'm going to give it to you straight about Jason. His body was never recovered from the lake after he drowned. I wonder if that... <laughs> That decision was strictly on. Listen to the old timers. No, we could save about ten thousand dollars on casting a million kids. For sure, dude. Yeah, it kind of keeps the the paces a little bit, you know, quicker. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. know, and also too, man, I gotta say, like this one lands into that sort of um, kind of iconic realm because there's a lot of cool scenes, there's a lot of cool like kills, and then another thing that I didn't realize about this movie is. When you finally see Jason, he doesn't have a hockey mask on. Yep. He's got this like brown, or not, he's got like a burlap sack sort of mm-hmm. on his head. I think with a, yeah, with a hole so that he can see out of it with, with his one good eye. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I, again, I really, 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 really liked it because I completely forgot about mm-hmm. that. The end of this one, I mean, see, that's the thing, dude. I don't really want to be giving away all the endings and stuff. I mean, I mean, we've given a bunch of spoiler warnings, so... Yeah, but, yeah. The very end of it, the final girl kind of finds this, like, cabin where this... Where Jason Voorhees uh, has been living, dude, and he's got this freaking... He's got this severed head of his mom, like, almost like in this little, like, shrine. She kind of realizes, based on the legend that she heard earlier in the movie, She under- she's like, okay, this must be who it is. Mm-hmm. And... So it's like the severed head on this like altar or whatever. Well, this girl like pretty smartly, man, kind of tricks him and starts like she oh she notices this this sweater, the famous sweater that the mom mm-hmm. wears in the first one. Isn't it like she blue? Puts it, yeah, it's kind of bluish. Um, See, whatever, man. The girl puts on this sweater and mm-hmm. then starts talking to Jason. Like Jason, like she's like Jason, it's me. You. Everything's mm. okay. She tricks him, dude, and Jason, then like mother is talking. She to sees like. The, the machete that her mom had, she tricks him to kind of come closer. Mm-hmm. And this guy that was with her who's still alive kind of runs in, tackles Jason, and um, as he's about to kill this dude, this the last the final girl in this movie, her, her name's Jenny, mm-hmm. takes the machete and slams it through, like cleaves into Jason's like left shoulder, mm-hmm. seemingly kind of killing him, right? Mm. Which, come on. We'll talk about that in just a second. They kind of like escape. They go back to their cabin or whatever, and they think he's dead, which, hey, any listeners out there, if you're ever chased by a bad guy mm-hmm. and you just pop him in the shoulder with a machete, yeah. probably not dead. He's not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Slowed down, but not dead. Mm-hmm. Okay? Hey. Which, by the way, is, I mean, I'm sure you know what going back and watching all these, but like this, the one thing that bothered me about this movie and Halloween, and I think I've said it before on here, is like, you know, unlike Freddie felt very sort of like almost like the, Magic. the trickster archetype. And he was like, mm-hmm. he 
he was like skinny and like nimble and kind of like you know that kind of character yeah. and then like and and so Jason and Michael Myers like they just had that sort of like yes they were like massive um which I'm sure you can tell me but I think Jason well and uh Myers they kind of like get bigger and bigger and bigger yeah. as they move and on that, yeah that's kind of like so in this one he's relatively like he's a tall but kind of normal but certainly not yeah, yeah certainly not like jacked like you know like you said like he ends up being but essentially but kind of ends a little bit open ended again you know you assume that he's probably still alive mm-hmm. well but, but what i was going to say too is like it just always felt so slow like it was like i could definitely get away from those oh guys. exactly man you and know? that was one of the things and part of the reason why growing up i was kind of like i mean mm-hmm. just run away yeah don't be exactly. an idiot most of these kids kind of fall into that trope of just like well, I wonder what this sound is. Or, <laughs> it's fine. I'll just go out there by myself to, yeah. you know, whatever. And mm-hmm. it's like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. You know? Now, some of the kills that are like sort of surprise kills, like while they're kind of getting it on in a tent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That, you know, I get that. Mm-hmm. That kind of scares me about going camping and stuff. But for them to just be like, they see somebody and they're like, oh, man, I know what I'll do. I'll hide under this box. Yeah. And you're like... And just wait till they there. come... You got to get out of there. Yeah. So now as we get into part three, this is one of those that kind of ends up lower on the list for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. mainly because it kind of fell into the trap of like the early 80s sort of revamp of 3D movies. Mm. What's funny is when I put this tape in the old VCR and started watching it, I didn't really give a good look to the cover. And in fact, like on my copy, it doesn't say this, but... This is Friday the 13th, part three, in 3D. Yeah. And so I kept on noticing, like, all these scenes, and I was like, why are they poking this broom <laughs> so hot into the lens here, man? Just right down what the is barrel. Going on? I'm like, yeah, right down the barrel, man. And I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? And then the, it would just be, like, random scenes, like, oh, there's popcorn popping, but they're real zoomed in on it. Just or, buzzing the tower. Dude. I, and so as I'm watching this, I'm like, mm, that's in that's kind of an interesting choice but (laughs) and so and it was kind of like not great choices you know so a lot of people kind of complain about that but part of the reason why i liked this movie Mm -hmm. i'm not going to go through all the plots well well, right real quick before you say why you like it so did every home release come well was it supposed to come with 3d glasses oh man no 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 Uh -uh. but when it played in theaters of course in 3d yeah and you had your 3D glasses. But it's one of those things And where I bet it was awesome. It doesn't like... It's not that weird like red and green, yeah. red and blue sort of like color 3D thing. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like if you had them... I don't know, man. I wish I could... I think I have an old pair from like watching Avatar. I have a couple pairs. Ooh, man. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to get that going. We'll put this puppy on the old, yeah. on the old big screen. Mm-hmm. But anyway... I could stare at this thing all day. Part of the reason why I inches. liked... Uh, okay... Part of the reason why I don't know what we're talking about here. You know from um, the office when he's like staring at his... Oh, yeah. Good <laughs> God. Part of the reason why I like this movie, though, is because this is the movie mm-hmm. where Jason gets his hockey mask. Yeah, that's iconic. So cool, man. But like I said, there are some just so stupid mm-hmm. shots. Um, but there's some really cool 
like kills using like barn tools. There's mm. one like the way he gets his hockey mask is he kills this dude from across the lake with a harpoon gun. Ooh, is awesome, man! That is cool through the eye. Also, mm. Yeesh. and as iconic as the mask is, didn't you? Weren't you telling me the other day that like just the way that he gets his mask is very sort of like yeah. I mean, so like, like this kid, this character that he gets it from is sort of like the kid that is just kind of like you know the jokester yeah. but he's not like the cool jokester mm-hmm. he's kind of like this kind of fat annoying kid, like, kind of kid. Like annoying and like scaring people yeah for some reason he has this hockey mask it's not for anything cool he just has like maybe he's like a hockey player or something goalie and mm-hmm. he just brought his gear with him anyway he actually uses it relatively right before this to scare the heck out of somebody mm-hmm. and then like that's when he gets jacked with the harpoon gun right in the eye mm-hmm. jason just kind of like walks toward him picks up that hockey mask puts it on there you go and that's, and i mean but dude that's his iconic look yeah. though mm-hmm. and so for me even though yes a lot of the shots were annoying the acting wasn't great the the as far as like the plot it's relatively again i think this might be the one where he has now sort of like recovered from his wounds you know that big sh- shoulder wound oh, yeah. he's not hey folks again just a review you're being chased by a bad guy and you chop him in the shoulder and the blade's still in there, probably not dead. Mm-mm. Slowed down, yes. Hurt, definitely, mm-hmm. but not dead. Yeah. Don't leave any ways. These kids are kind of like staying in a cabin that's near Crystal Lake. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this, these first three movies are pretty succinct in terms of like timeline, mm-hmm. relatively speaking. Yeah. And, and one thing, you know, talking about like the annoying kid, one thing that I do like about these movies and and the Nightmare on Elm Street series, especially with like Dream Warriors Part Three um, and the Dream Master, is like it it did such a good job. And, and well, and I think it was a great sort of re you know emergence of that with like the Scream series and and those. But like I love this idea that like. Um, it's almost like that Joseph Campbell like hero's journey archetype. Like you're gonna have your your sort of trickster character. You're gonna have your your jock or cheerleader, sort of your heroic, mm. you know, ish character. You're gonna have your your outcast. You're gonna have your your little you, you know the girl that's like sweet and kind but kind of quiet that you know typically ends up sort of shining in the end and. And kind of saving the day, so it's like I, I, I've always loved that, and and I think it's really cool. I mean, I don't know, maybe not in every single one of them, but like for the most part, I would imagine that like they kind of stick to that formula, and it's you know it's a classic formula. Yeah, you got to have those characters, man, to kind of like you know even it out. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be some that as a as an audience you don't like, mm-hmm. that you end up liking later. There's some that are just like you know kind of the stuck up girl who. Also ends up, you know, getting nude because it's an 80s horror mm-hmm. movie. And, hey, man, why not? Of course. The, you know, there's also this aspect in this movie of this, like, biker Stop gang. And they come kind of towards the It's just what? ridiculous. Oh, yeah. There's, like, this biker game that they run into. They accidentally knock, I think, a bike over or something. Mm. There's, like, a uh, you know, whatever. They end up kind of coming. And then they're kind of killed by Jason, too. They end up doing I, what? They, they, they end up coming to this, like, cabin or barn or whatever. So they're just part of it. It's kind of, it's super ridiculous. At the end of it all, like essentially, I think they jam an axe into Jason's head. But basically, 
she kind of, again, falls asleep in the boat, wakes up. She thinks she sees him in, like, the window of the barn, but she, you know, thinks, oh, it's just a, it's just my imagination. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of cool, too, because it's, like, where I think his axe has, I mean, his axe, his mask has, like, a dent in it, and it's from, like, she, mm-hmm. he takes an axe to the face, basically, at, at one point. But mm-hmm. I can kind of see why this one didn't end up on the top list for everybody. Now. Coming up next, released in 1984. So they took a little bit of a break here because before that, I was back to back. It was 1980, 1981, and 1982 was when part three was released. But 1984, Friday the 13th, part four, the final chapter. Now, obviously, we know it wasn't the final chapter, but mm-hmm. this is the one that, like, pretty consistently ends up either in the top spot or pretty close to it for everybody out of all 12 of these. Mm. Now, this movie for me also is up there for me. It is one of the best, I think, mm-hmm. for a lot of different reasons. Number one, it's got Corey Feldman. Mm-hmm. Which I I had no idea. And I don't even know that I've seen this because I, I feel like I would have remembered this, that. This is the one that you got to watch. So basically, at the end of part three, he kind of gets wheeled off into the, you know, Jason gets wheeled off by the paramedics, I guess, into the morgue. Mm-hmm. Mr. Guys believe in the wet stuff? Yeah. This time he got seven kids and three bikers. This time they got him. The beginning of this one essentially is him waking up in the morgue mm-hmm. and just killing everybody there. Oh, man. Um, so this movie's got like uh, a lot of mm, relatively, you know, bigger actors and actresses that you would recognize. Like Judy Aronson plays one of the girls. She's the brunette girl in Weird Science. Mm. Mm-hmm. You've got this guy named Peter Barton, who you would recognize. And of course, like I said, oh, uh, Tom Everett and mm. of course, Corey Feldman and and Crispin Glover, man. Whoa. Now, you listeners who aren't great at memorizing actors and actresses' names, Crispin Glover, of course, plays George McFly. Don't you have to back from McFly's dad. Yes. Yes. I'm George. George McFly. I'm your density. Mm hmm. He's in it. There's, you know, a bunch of quintessential 80s moments like whenever they're like, hey, let's listen to music and they're in this cabin and they just start like, he starts 80s dancing all weird and nice. it's just hilarious. Man. He's, there's some, he's such a weird, he, he's one of those actors yeah. that like, I, I've always felt like when the cameras stop rolling, he just continues, like there's no act. I feel like that's just probably how he is. Yeah. Just such an oh, yeah. awkward but like interesting guy, you know? Yeah, man. What's cool about this one is it's a little bit different. Again, it's not summer camp setting. Mm-hmm. It is kind of close to, it's just out in the woods. And this family who lives there, the younger brother is Corey Feldman. And mm-hmm. they've got kind of like a teenage daughter. They see these other kids who have rented a cabin for the weekend. And they kind of like invite her over and all that stuff. And so that, that's how there's that connection. Mm. What you find in the movie is that Corey Feldman's character, Tommy, has this sort of like interest in like movie special effects and and masks and he creates mm. himself and like movie makeup and monster masks and stuff. There's the and, MacGuffin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And normal sort of just Friday the 13th stuff happens, man. People are getting killed. So so no camp at all though? No. Oh, wow. So yeah, Jason's actually attacking these kids. Yeah, I've never seen this one, I don't think. Yeah, it's at Crystal Lake, but it's just like a cabin. Huh. That, that is there. And real quick, um, is Crystal Lake, it's supposed to be like upstate New York or something. 
right? Yeah, like New Jersey or something, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. There's also like a guy who shows up, a, a character who, <clears throat> he's like this hiker who you think maybe at different points like, oh, is this the new, is this like a killer, mm-hmm. you know? And he, it turns out like I think he was like the brother of one of the girls that died in, mm. in a previous one. I love that stuff. Yeah, one thing too about these movies that I, I feel like I never really noticed as a kid, but as you kind of get older, they, they they sort of sprinkle these characters in of like like the old crazy guy and the just these sort of like older sort of quote-unquote adults that are like, that sort of, you know, leave you hanging of like, oh, is this guy... Is, you know, either he's going to save the day or he's, you know, kind of the Home Alone guy yeah. too, you know. It's kind of that similar thing. Yeah, he ends up dying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, you and your sister. He, he, here's a couple... Here's like one part that's super... That, that stood out to me that I thought was kind of cool. And it's kind of the way that it ends. Uh, like you said, it's the MacGuffin. So the normal things happen. People are dying, yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada. Tommy, played by Corey Feldman like shaves his head, applies makeup to his face, and he's shaving his head like very crudely. So there's like bits of hair sort of on this bald head. Awesome. And he makes himself like just look really weird. And when it's happening, you're like, what the heck is this kid doing? And then you kind of think, oh. So he ends up like tricking Jason into thinking that like it's him. Jason! Like the little boy version or something. Mm-hmm. Remember me, Jason? Jason, don't you remember? Just to like distract Jason long mm. enough so that his older sister can attack him with his with his uh, machete. So she actually, go ahead. She misses, but knocks the hockey mask off, mm. and his face in this one. It's just also funny how different the faces look. Yeah. It wasn't kind of what I expected, really. So it ends up being Tommy, this little kid, who picks up the machete, picks it up, swings it, hits Jason in the head. Jason falls, falls down on the floor, mm-hmm. which like kind of pushes the machete even deeper into his head. And then Tommy kind of sees him starting to move, and he just starts like going sack on him, dude, just hitting him, just losing control almost, hacking Jason just over and over and over with this machete mm. until like his sister's like Tommy she screams his name the final scene dude is it's so weird and I, I like again I kind of wish I had seen it when it came out although I was four so mm-hmm. yeah. inappropriate like it's just this zoom in shot of Corey Feldman and after like they're like hugging in the hospital they think the nightmare's over you see Corey Feldman look up at the camera and he's just got this very weird psychotic look and mm-hmm. then credits roll mm. and so you're like what the heck man man so so how old would he have been because this would have been like pretty early for long before the two Corys got together so yeah i think he was like 13 or something Hmm. Um, so he was good. He, which was, he looks he looks younger than that in the movie. Like he looks really really young. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that one I thought like it's just great, man. It's got that weird twist at the end. Mm-hmm. It's the introduction of this Tommy character that, as as we'll see, kind of comes back. 
in that storyline. And then I'm going to start breezing, breezing through some of these. Five is relatively ridiculous. There's a lot of characters that are just annoying as heck. Anyway, part five is called A New Beginning. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, this one actually makes its way to the very bottom of the list in terms of Whoa. worst. Yeah, which is kind of surprising in my opinion for the reasons why, and I'll get there. For the most part, man, uh, you know, I thought it was, it, it's pretty good. And I also think it's important for me to add, and part of the reason why I don't want to rank them is, truthfully, man, I enjoyed all of these movies for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Like some of them, yes, cheesy as heck, whatever, but they're just good movies, man, mm-hmm. you know? So basically, this one kind of starts off with young Corey Feldman stumbling around this graveyard. He sees these people like kind of grave robbing and digging up the corpse of Jason Voorhees. Mm. Jason kind of rises from the grave, kills the two grave robbers, and starts coming towards Tommy. Well, then Tommy wakes up from this nightmare. He's 15. It's not Corey Feldman at this point. He's like in this halfway house. And, you know, he's kind of been, you can tell that he's kind of just like, man, just trying to kind of get it together because it really kind of psychologically messed him up after that event, right? Mm -hmm. And while they're there, he's at this halfway house, and this kid gets murdered by one of the other people at the halfway house and everybody's just like all freaked out tommy somehow like kind of feels like in my opinion the way they portrayed it was that he kind of felt responsible in some way and there's a little bit of you because of the way that he just looked at the camera in part four you're kind of like um is he the new killer Mm -hmm. and so you kind of go through the movie as that is sort of uh, teased a little bit now now and is it jolting that it is like another actor or is it sort of like well "Eh." here's the thing Here's the thing. Oh, boy. Throughout the movie, you notice, like, the first thing I noticed was, like, wow, Jason's mask is a little bit different. And you notice that instead of, like, red kind of accents, mm-hmm. it's kind of got, like, blue accents. And I just kind of chalked it up as, oh, weird. well, design flaw. They've got a new, you know, set design, costume design, or whatever. Or it's the 80s, and they're just like, just, yeah, who gives a shit? Hey, here's a, here's a hockey mat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Use this one, <laughs> right? Green um, jacket, blue jacket, who yeah, gives a shit? Exactly, dude. And that's literally what I chalked it up to be, so I watched the movie as such. Mm-hmm. Here's the twist at this movie's okay. ending. It's not Jason at all, bro. Mm. The whole time, all this is happening, it's not Jason at all. He doesn't even make an appearance in this movie. Wow. Make sure that's right, but... Who it ends up being was the kid that gets killed in the very beginning by this super high-tempered a-hole, basically. You mean Tommy? No, 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 no. Oh. Just some, one of the other guys at the halfway house. Oh, I see. Kills, kills this other kid. He kind of basically, like, gets really mad and hits him with an axe and he dies. You find out that, and it makes sense if you kind of go back and watch this Come scene. Come on, Roy. But essentially. Get your hands dirty. As the paramedics get there, you see this guy kind of look at the kid. He makes a weird face. Turns out the guy who is the people, me and the audience, kind of believe to be Jason. It's actually this guy who is the father of the kid that got murdered. Oh, wow. And so he goes on this killing rampage and stuff because, you know, his, his kid got killed while being there. And that's like the new quote, the new chapter, I'm guessing. Yeah, that's a new beginning. Or the new right? beginning, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But here's here's another. So it's like twist after twist. So that's the main twist that people hate, dude. Like almost unanimously online, people hate that. For me, I get it. You want to see Jason. Mm-hmm. 
But I kind of like that. I kind of thought that was cool. I mean, it was interesting. It kind of, I mean, hell, out of 12 movies. Yeah. Kind of mixes it up a little bit. Yeah, but I think that, I think, I mean, your your main character of your franchise, like your most consistent thing, I mean, at least give him like a cameo at the end. Well, let's talk about the end for a second. Okay. Oh, they're at the hospital. The sheriff tells the the girl that survives basically that Joey was Roy's son. And after seeing his son being slaughtered, basically, mm-hmm. he goes to just kill everybody. Yeah. She goes to Tommy's room who awakens and then stabs her with a hidden machete. And then all of a sudden he wakes up to a hallucination of Jason. So like Wait, he kind of faced Yeah. So this girl goes into Tommy's hospital room to mm-hmm. tell him, hey, you know, it was this guy Roy all along. She's telling him, and he just, like, has a machete hidden in his bed, chops her, and then you realize that that's a dream that he had, and he sees, like, this, like, I don't know, illusion that Jason is just, like, standing there. But he kind of, like, gets up to sort of face his fear, and Jason's illusion, like, disappears, right? So he feels like Jason's just, like, constantly sort of with him, Mm, mm -hmm. okay? He's just, like, as a viewer, you think... Oh, Jason maybe told him to kill this girl, oh. but then you realize that was all a dream. He's just going, he's kind of going crazy. Here. Yeah. He hears Pam approaching and throws his bed through the window to make it look like he's escaped. When she comes in, he appears from behind the door mm-hmm. wearing this new Roy, wearing his hockey mask and holding a knife, and the screen mm. goes black. Classic. Like credits. Yeah. So it's like, I like that. That was kind of the quote-unquote new beginning. And I'm telling you, man, like, again, this movie gets a ton of hate. And I don't know, man. I thought it was kind of I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, that's, that sounds cool. Now, would I have thought that if there weren't other movies after it and I was seeing this for the first time in the theater? I don't know. Maybe that would have made me mad. I don't, yeah. I don't know. So now, now we're on to Friday the 13th, part six. This one's called Jason Lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I got to tell you, in terms of back covers Mm -hmm. this one's got one of my favorite pictures on the back cover it shows these guys in a or this guy in a boat Mm -hmm. and there's this what i assume to be jason leaping out of the water but here's what makes it cool the water all around them Mm -hmm. is on fire so you see just like oh i remember that fire water all over it just looks incredible yeah i totally remember that so we are back in the tommy storyline i don't know how you Mm -hmm. talked me into this um Different actors, you know, whatever. Who cares? Put a blue stripes. Hey, this one's, hey, this mask has got blue stripes on it. Put it in the movie. Just put it in there. So, okay, at this point, again, you have to kind of suspend disbelief. All you need to know is Jason's dead, right? Jason Voorhees has been dead and buried for six years, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Tommy. Which, real quick, sorry. So, at this point, are we supposed to believe that he's kind of like, like a you zombie don't know. That's type what I'm thing? <clears throat> you don't know until, like... And I think, again, this is why I kind of like Five. It kind of gives you some space there. You kind of think, well, Tommy might be the new killer mm-hmm. from here on. Mm-hmm. But this movie opens and it's kind of like, Tommy's just been like kind of obsessed with this. Probably in an unhealthy way, but I mean, God, can you blame him? It's pretty true. Jason belongs yeah. in hell. I'm going to see he gets there. He decides that Jason being buried isn't good enough. So he decides he wants to like burn Jason's body and get rid of, you know, these demons essentially in his mind. I totally remember this. He escapes this mental hospital with a buddy, breaks into the cemetery, and goes to kind of exhume Jason's casket and stuff. As you do. As you do. Before okay, they can cremate the body, There's his grave. Tommy just gets like this 
just rage, okay? And he starts just stabbing this, like, skeletal, the skeletal remains, essentially, of Jason mm-hmm. with, uh, like, this steel fence post. Mm. Well, just in case any of the other movies weren't realistic enough for you, good news, they're about to go Frankenstein on us. Mm. He stabs them, can't get the, the, the fence post unstuck. Oh, they're stabbing too hard. Yeah. All of a sudden, a thunderstorm rolls yep. up. Gets electrocuted, mm-hmm. and Bob's your uncle. Yeah. Now Jason's alive. Mm-hmm. Tommy's friend with a punch through the heart, which is really a really cool. Um, it's an Volcano, Mortal Kombat. Combat. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So Tommy's still alive. He's still there. He, yeah. He's still alive. He sees his friend basically have a hole punched through him, mm-hmm. and he just like escapes. He just flees the cemetery. Tommy returns to the town of Crystal Lake. Okay. They've now renamed the town, I guess, for like publicity mm-hmm. purposes. It's called Forest Green. Mm-hmm. Well, not really too creative, but you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. A small fact: Basically, this is where uh, Forest Gump actually yeah. took the name. <laughs> so he goes. He rushes to the police office base, mm-hmm. the the police uh, station. And he's like, guys, 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 Jason's back, and they just kind of know, like, well, this guy's been institutionalized. Yeah. Hey, man, thanks for your concern, but you know. Us here at Forest Green PD, you've got it mm-hmm. under control. Jason's been dead for years. Yeah, of course, madness ensues. People start dying at the very sort of in there, and this is where like that end scene kind of happens. Jason's kind of come back into the lake. Tommy lures him there, and he's in this boat. And he's like calling to him essentially. Basically, Tommy ambushes him with like this like series of like chains that's attached to like this boulder. Mm. And they start fighting and lights the water on fire. Jason kind of pulls Tommy under with him. And the girl that Tommy's with kind of comes out to save Tommy. Stay here. And then is attacked by Jason. Mm. But then, like, incapacitates Jason essentially by driving, like, the boat over his head. Nice. She revives Tommy with CPR back on land. And then you kind of see at the, uh, at, towards the end... You're, the camera's underwater, and you see kind of Jason floating to the bottom, mm-hmm. or he's like floating kind of at the bottom attached to this boulder. And I think, if I remember right, I think the way that they kind of like show you, huh, he's still alive, is like it zooms in kind of on his face, his eye yeah. opens. Yeah. Whoa. I totally yeah. remember this one. So next up is another one that for some reason ranks relatively lower and that is Friday the 13th, part eight, the, or I'm sorry, part seven, The New Blood. There's a legend around here, a killer buried, but not Again, dead. As we were kind of like go, gradually and gradually, like the Jason look is kind of evolving a little bit. He's becoming bigger, mm-hmm. a little bit more stout. And I think part of the reason is this is the first movie that Kane Hodder plays Oh, yeah. Jason. And he's just like a big old dude, man. Yeah. Um, and he, he's like a crowd favorite, yeah, man. too. Yeah. I mean, he, he's the one that played Jason the most. Uh, I think he's, he did four. He essentially mm. did the rest, except for he didn't do Jason Goes to Hell, and he didn't do Freddy versus Jason, and obviously not the new one either. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to get through the, the you know, kind of play-by-play here, mm-hmm. except that, no, nah, dude, I got to tell you how this one opens. It's so ridiculous. So, you, you know, the, the Tommy storyline essentially is done. This one opens up, this little 10-year-old girl, she's kind of like hearing her dad like beat her mom. Mm. Her dad's like an alcoholic. 
This emotional trauma, let me back up. This movie is kind of known as Jason versus Carrie, meaning Mm -hmm. the main character, this girl, Tina, essentially has psychic abilities. Yeah. And for a lot of people, that was a problem. For me, I thought it was rad. Well, it sounds rad, but I mean, it sounds a lot like Dream Warriors, too. Well, yeah. Or, or Dream, the it, Dream it Master. It really lends, well, it's, I don't really know when this one came out in 88. Yeah, when, when did Dream Warriors close. come out? Or the Dream Master, because that... I don't know, you look that up. I'll look that up. Okay. But basically, so this emotional trauma of her sort of witnessing or hearing her dad like beat her mom. Mm-hmm. Please, baby, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Go away. I hate you. I wish you were dead. Unlocks these tele- 87. Telekinetic- Ooh, there you go. <laughs> telekinetic powers, okay, mm-hmm. which results in her father's death at the bottom of Crystal Lake. Mm. Ten years later, she's kind of like struggling with the guilt. Uh, she's actually... A patient at this mental institution and this doctor that's there wants to kind of study and exploit her abilities mm-hmm. and so that's kind of like where you know you kind of meet up essentially she acts it the way that jason even gets into this movie the doctor takes her back to where the trauma occurred which is this dock on you guessed it the lake, yeah. right? and basically she senses this uh, presence, mm-hmm. okay? And she thinks that it's her dad because that's where her dad died. Right. And so she uses her telekinetic powers in an attempt to sort of resurrect who thinks, she thinks is her dad. Bad news is Jason. Okay? And mm-hmm. so that's how he's kind of brought back to life, which I understand what people are saying. But I think that's pretty the, cool, man. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool, dude. And, like, some of the kills and the fight scenes sort of between, like, if you want to call it that, between her mm-hmm. and him are pretty awesome, dude. Like, she kind of, like, tosses him around a couple times using her power. She ends up, like, it's kind of like if Eleven from Stranger Things mm-hmm. was in a Jason movie, in a way, you kind of get to see that sort of stuff. I mean, mm. and again, they're skinny dipping. They're... It's, it's uh, other than the fact that she's telekinetic, it's very run of the mill Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty cool. And at the very end of it, you get to see Jason's face this time around, and it's very weird. It's almost like this weird zombie mm. face, I guess, because he's just been rotting at the bottom of the lake and he's got like, it's very, very like skeletal and stuff. It wasn't what I expected to see. Uh, when they pull the mask off of that one. Yeah. And with each one, we're kind of getting more and more sort of just into the realm of ridiculous plot lines and stuff. And like, boy, how did they, what did they, how did they get this through here? And at this point, I think they're just kind of like the studios, um, because this was, you know, still with Paramount or whatever. I think the studio is kind of like, let it roll. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. They're just making money hand over fist. And so this one is uh, Friday the 13th, part eight. Jason takes... Manhattan. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, you know, locale-wise, it was Chris Lake's in New Jersey. They're some, you know, yeah. they're going to end up in Manhattan. Checks out. There's some incredible lines in this movie, dude. There's one where this, these, it takes a while to kind of get started, okay, in terms of for them to end up in Manhattan. Like, when you hear it, when you read the title, you kind of expect, oh, good, they're going to fight Jason, I don't know, at the Empire State Building or on the subway you know, or yeah well and they do have some subway stuff but one of my favorite things ever 
is they run into this like little bodega. You got, you got to help us. You, you know, there's this guy and he's like, blah, blah, blah. And he killed this, blah, blah. And the girl behind the counter just goes, Look, you've got to call the police. There's a payphone in back, but it's broke. Look, you don't understand. There is a maniac trying to kill us. Welcome to New York. Welcome to New York. <laughs> Yeah, classic. <laughs> it's just so good, man. Which, I mean, in There's the a, 80s, New York was... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they were used to that stuff. And, I mean, some kind of standout moments, you know, there's this uh, cool part where, like, Jason melts this dude in a vat of, you know, sewage waste mm. just, you know, sitting on the side of the road there in Manhattan. Yeah, I, I feel like I do remember this being... I, I remember people being, like, excited about this. I don't know yeah, that I ever I mean, saw it because, again, I was, like, sort of a, a Freddy guy when I was younger, yeah. but I do remember people being like, oh man, this is going to be so awesome. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it would be and stuff. And from what I read too, it's like <clears throat> the director had a total different sort of idea and wanted, one of the things that he had an idea about was like having Jason kill somebody and then they fall off the Empire State Building mm -hmm. or by throwing them off the Empire State Building. But they had like, I think they had a $5 million budget, dude. So, wow. Yeah. Mm. That's it, always a it, bummer, uh, man, when like you're, your director, you know, has a vision and then whether it be in editing like Fantastic Four or Boy. or yeah. whatever, it's like just sort of completely changed and it's like, yeah. oh, that sucks. And I mean, I still I still like this one because, yes, it's released in 89, but man, you get to see New York in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And again, the beginning is just funny because just in case you're wondering, hey man, how is Jason still alive? Now it's been like a year since the conclusion of the last film, which I believe I think I think the thing that's annoying is just like the accidents that make it happen. So he's again back at the bottom of the water, of course. And this boat that's kind of close by the anchor accidentally hits there we go. an underwater power line, mm. causing a short circuit <laughs> that resurrects Jason. Oh my god! So it's literally the the Frankenstein thing again, just underwater. Yeah. Yep. Wow, yep. that's amazing. So then, like, they're on this like houseboat or something that they've rented. And essentially, a lot of them get killed off, and then they end up in Manhattan, kind of escaping. They think escaping from Jason. Mm. This one kind of has a cool ending, the way that Jason kind of gets demolished. And truthfully, watching it again, if I hadn't known there were more, I would have been like, "Well, that's it. That's it's uh, mm -hmm. it's over." And it kind of is in a way, but he ends up getting melted in this by that toxic by toxic waste, essentially. And it's like pretty gnarly mm. and pretty cool practical effect stuff. And so you think, boom, that's it. In the same factory as. Jack Nicholson. Yeah, or RoboCop. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. One thing that's kind of weird is whenever most of his body melts, all that's left is like a weird sort of like young version of Jason hmm. at the bottom of this like sewer. Very, it's just a weird. So like, it, like it, it goes back to the look like from the first one, like the de kind of deformed yeah. kind of skin. So it kid. melts away and there's just this like little, little kid there. And mm. I don't know. It was kind of weird, but whatever. Sort of so the next almost. one looks just like Urkel. Is that what you said? No, I said it's it's sort of metaphorical in a way of like yeah. returning back to his, if it was supposed to be the last one. Then. Sort of um, innocent form. Yeah, right. So or this Urkel. one is, uh, right? This one's called Jason Goes to Hell, subtitled The Final Friday. Mm -hmm. I love how they do that. Yeah. This is like... Whenever I say, whenever I said earlier that they're going to kind of gradually get more sort of just ridiculous, you know, mm -hmm. we had the biker gang in part three. We had kind of annoying characters, I think, in part five. We had Manhattan, you know. This time, it takes it to a whole new level. The movie begins, 
and you see this. Now, this one was released in 1993. It's actually the only one of the franchise released in the 90s, which is kind of interesting to me. Mm. Um, I guess the 90s didn't really have a didn't really have a spot for Jason. Well, wait a minute. So, was would did this come out before Scream? Well, it was released in 93. I think Scream was... Re- yeah, I think Scream came out in like 96. Because I, I remember that was like the big thing and I remember Wes Craven even, you know, saying at the time when Scream did come out that like, yeah. oh, well, no, we, we want to bring back or revive yeah. the slasher movie. So they were kind of like dead, I guess, at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was 96 that Scream came out. Mm-hmm. So, you cool. know, I mean, three years. Yeah. Well, it probably didn't know, I, do good either. So. And especially, yeah, especially you'll see so... The movie opens, man, and you got this like very '90s kind of girl. She's walking around this house, and she sounds she, hot. She, yeah, she's got to take a shower. I mean, you got to get clean. You got to take your clothes off yeah. to get in the. You don't want to, you know, get your clothes wet mm-hmm. whenever you. You want them to be dry when you get out of the. Anyway, she takes a shower, and then all of a sudden, of course, Jason comes in, and she's like, ah, you know, running away from him goes outside mm-hmm. and just when you think he's about to get her all these like lights doosh, 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 start coming on and freaking military style people start repelling from trees Whoa. people are like freeze all this kind of stuff in super sort of early 90s corniest it reminds me of the MacGyver intro nice. like super lame sort of like people like wearing their hats a little too high on top of yeah. the head you know, in their uniform. Anyway, turns out it's the FBI. <laughs> the FBI has finally baited and tracked down Jason so they can finally capture him and kill him. So they, dude, and they do. They, they kill him by throwing a grenade, I think, that just blows him to bits. Mm. And you see kind of like his heart laying on the ground or whatever. This is when it gets even weirder. So they, they go to the morgue and the doctor is like doing the autopsy. And, and, and like the big joke is like, I mean, boy, this guy's, I mean, just like stupid stuff. I don't remember what the exact line is. Like, oh, God. this guy's just dead as a doornail, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, can you imagine being in pieces like this? <laughs> you know, that kind yeah. of stupid thing. Yeah. All of a sudden, maybe I looked down because I got a text message. This son of a gun doctor just starts eating the heart, bro. What? <laughs> and now, and this is where, oh, again, boy. a lot of people give this movie a lot of grief. This is actually where I... Perked up a little. Well, it's super interesting. It's a great idea. Execution, not so great. Yeah. The way that Jason is in this movie and still, quote unquote, alive is he kind of comes back possessing these people mm-hmm. and jumps from person to person essentially. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the, uh, what was the Denzel Washington movie? Or like... Training Day. No, or he was like a demon inside human bodies. But you like, mother to be playing basketball in Pelican <laughs> It would like touch another person and it would like pass itself on to... Do you remember that? It was, yeah. I think it was a 90s. Phantom or something like that. Or maybe The Fallen, maybe. Yeah, something like yeah. that. In Pelican Bay. <laughs> Yeah, there's a very, like, much more sort of embracing of the supernatural in this one. Mm. And um, he's possessed by the demonic spirit of Jason. And then... Um, but do you ever get, like, an indication that that's actually what 
is going on just by watching kind it. Kind of because it gets even weirder, bro. <laughs> he kind of jumps from person to person in this like weird sort of black tongue serpent thing. Ugh, I remember the I remember the case had like yeah, the mask like the tongue, with the, yeah, the, the weird snake yeah, thing coming yeah. out. You basically follow Jason's soul kind of jumping from one body to another, possessing just regular people. Essentially, there's this bounty hunter. Don't worry, man. He's got a magical dagger. Oh, of course. Which this actually sounds more Dungeons and Dragons than 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 anything. Is he Native American? Uh, no. He claims to know the only way to kill Jason is to it has to be a blood relative in the Voorhees line. Hmm. Interesting. And they have to do it with this magical dagger. I don't know. Checks out. But hmm, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Reminds me. I did not think of that. Oh, he, basically, Jason is a deadite what? in this movie. Yeah. Oh, so now they're going into like Hellraiser, Cenobite. Kind of, yeah. Like he, and then like there's this weird, it's kind of one of those movies that it was pretty bad. And because of it, I wasn't really keen on just like paying like extreme yeah. attention to it kind mm-hmm. of thing. It kind of it lost me in a lot of like detailed areas. Mm-hmm. It's super bonkers. But again, like I kind of thought it was a pretty good idea you know, in a way of being able to kind of keep it alive. And the fact that he could like come back, but possessing, you know, other people. Yeah. Um, I thought it was kind of, you know, yeah. unique and whatever. But boy, that in, dude, that beginning sequence is one of the funniest, most unexpected things I uh, could possibly imagine. The funny thing is I was like messaging with um, one of our listeners, Christian, who lives in Tennessee and he loves these movies and, so I was like asking him about stuff where I would like show him what video I was watching that day or whatever. And he'd always be like, oh man, you, you're about to get in some real good stuff here. This is, <laughs> you know, and he, and he, you know, just talks about how just like me, you know, at the end of the day, it's entertaining. It's a Jason movie yeah. and it's easier sort of to kind of accept the ridiculousness. It's pizza. You know? It's like um, pizza, baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and the he also, I remember he said that it's pretty crazy that like this all started with like a mother's revenge for the death of her yeah. child. Mm-hmm. And then eventually led to this like slasher who, you know, ends up possessing people. And there's some more kind of like weird kind of gory stuff that happens. And Jason goes to hell that I don't really want to talk about. But I will tell you that the end of this is pretty rad because you see Jason's hockey mask. Mm-hmm. He gets pulled down by these like, souls that he's tormented essentially mm. he gets pulled down into the earth all that's left laying on top of this like sort of dusty dirt is his mask yeah. then you see this hand pop out and, you hear, oh. <laughs> and it's freddy's glove bro whoa and freddy grabs the mask and just like <laughs> and pulls it under whoa and that's how it ends and you're like yes see that's amazing i mean if you would have seen that at the time that would have been like wow yeah Huge. Yeah. And so the way they build it up, that would have been the next movie. But Mm -hmm. this is when Jason Goes to Hell was the first movie that was kind of like obtained by New Line Cinema. Mm -hmm. That's the new rights, or that's who own the rights of the movies now. They built it up to be where Jason versus, I mean, Freddy versus Jason should have been the next movie, but it wasn't. Mm. And for whatever reason, in 2001, Jason X came out yeah and this is the one folks where jason goes to space oh boy and the year is 2455 
On a routine training mission, a team of students is about to learn a terrifying lesson. Through the years, Jason Voorhees has claimed over 200 victims. Now, the legendary killer from Crystal Lake is back, hurtling through space and hunting new prey. Mm. It's a nerve-shredding thriller loaded with spectacular special effects, high-tech weapons, and new ways to die. Mm. Now, what's funny about this movie is it's as campy as you think it is times a thousand. Yeah. Very beginning, just the way it's shot, you think you might be watching a triple X movie. Mm. And I'm not talking about just the nudity. I'm talking about just the... Like a 90s, like, Cinemax kind of... Not that I've watched a ton of those. <laughs> just saying... That never that touched was just the a stuff. General general observation. Mm-hmm. Very just poorly shot. Very low budget. Yeah. Um, I don't think I even recognized a single actor that was in it. Maybe one or two sort of like bit yeah. players here and there. Yeah. But man, dude, they're like the, Dwight Yoakam's brother was a scientist, maybe. Something like that. <laughs> there's this one scene that is just there's a couple that are just like, oh man, now that was cool. Mm-hmm. The and again, this is one of those movies where to me it's like it doesn't make the top list just, you know, because it's just too silly. Mm-hmm. Now, I liked it. It's entertaining. But, man, some people, like, rank this above so many more that I'm like, what is Really? This? Why? Yeah, it's crazy. And some people, of course, just think it's the worst thing ever. And it's pretty silly. But one of the kills, man, is just so bad at the bone. He takes this, comes back to life. We're not even going to get into how or why and all that crap. Mm-hmm. He shoves this girl's head into, like, I think, like, liquid nitrogen essentially nice. freezes it pulls her back up jams her head it just shatters everywhere and he just throws her to the side and just the way that he throws her to the side man is hilarious i mean that sounds terrible <laughs> but it's just so funny dude oh my god and then like i don't know man there's like it's it's very very silly the, the movie ends and it's kind of like you know i think they shoot his body off to earth too of course uh, you know i don't know it's it's uh it's pretty uh it's it's worth watching just to see just how insane like i don't understand dude how you go into new line cinema studios executive offices and you say hey man i got a great idea great idea you know the last one with jason goes to hell it was cool we did something new but i've got something newer let's take this guy to space (laughs) and let's do it very low budget. Well, you know. So how does he how does he get to space? I mean, I feel like that just seems like a real Well, I mean, you did say routine mission. So I take it like space travel's pretty common in 2054. 20 2455, bro. 2455. Far far future. Yeah, so it's probably super common. He just kind of snuck in so there. So in 2008 now, remember, we're in 2455 in the movie, but in, in the, it opens, and it's 2008. Jason Voorhees is captured mm-hmm. by the U.S. government. Of course he is. And it's being held at the Crystal Lake Research Facility. Good to know. Okay. Yep. Two years later, a government scientist basically decides to place Jason in a cryogenic suspension. There it is. After several unsuccessful attempts to kill him. And yeah. few soldiers hope to conduct further research into Jason's rapid cellular regeneration and mm-hmm. instead try to take him. But having broken free of his restraints, Jason kills the team of soldiers. The scientist successfully kind of lures Jason into a cryopod, essentially, mm-hmm. activates it. And he kind of like 
breaks the pot open with his machete and stabs this lady in the abdomen. It spills like cryonic fluid into the sealed room and freezes them both. Now, fast forward to 2455. They kind of, it's almost like a alien resurrection type scenario where they're Mm -hmm. waking her up and, uh uh-oh, wait, wait, why did you wake me up? Wait, where's Jason? Oh, don't worry, he's dead. And they're like, are you sure? Show me. Boom. That's when then, then stuff just starts going nuts. Sounds about right. Part of the reason why Freddy versus Jason didn't get made before that one is there was just an absolute battle for the rights yeah. of everything and being able to mm-hmm. get it done. Yeah, there's a book about it, and I didn't have a chance to kind of order it, and I just found it. Again, Christian in Tennessee told me about it. Yeah, because I asked you the oh, other day. Man. I was like, why? That's weird. Yeah, so there was apparently like a bunch of drama into getting this made, but it got finally made in uh, 2003. I mean, dude, the cast is hilarious. It's got like the girl from Destiny's Child. Kelly Rowland. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that you knew that because I never would have. <laughs> it's also got this girl from like Entourage that I just couldn't stand that played E's girlfriend in, in one of the earlier seasons, Lori Campbell. It's pretty cool, man. It's like it gives you and delivers, although it takes a while to deliver. Like the whole premise is my children from the very beginning. It was the children who gave me my power. Freddie has kind of been forgotten so he's kind of like powerless so his idea is to regain his power and to strike terror in people again he's going to use jason kind of drop him into Mm. elm street Mm -hmm. and start this killing people are going to start talking about him again people are going to start dreaming or like you know thinking about Mm freddie again and that's going to give him enough power to recap really so that's the thing because that's a that's a very like neil gaiman american gods like a god has to have like belief mm-hmm. behind it to be sort of tangible and you know right. powerful. Right. That's cool. I, I had yeah, no man. idea. And what ends up happening essentially is Jason, now that he's kind of back to killing, kind of just going berserk, and Freddy's getting a little like, man, I want some for myself, and that is what creates the showdown. Mm. Now, I actually want to leave people, including yourself, yeah, kind of want to have to have to watch this yourself. So I can tell you how it ends up because it's a cool mashup mm-hmm. and. You know, for what it is, I thought it was good. Yeah. You know, it's corny, but I thought it was pretty good. Well, I've got to say, too, that, like, if you grew up in the 80s um, and 90s, like Woody and I, I mean, that's just what kids talked about. I mean, you're on the playground. You're oh, yeah. on the bus. It's like, okay, who do you think would win? Mike yeah, Myers, getting fights, man. Jason, or Freddie? And for me, it was always Freddie. And so when I heard that the movie was terrible, which it may not be, but... I do remember when it came out hearing that, I was like, I just, it's better that I I sort of keep it in my head as being like not terrible, I guess. Mm-hmm. Really. Yeah. Just like you said, I mean, I remember getting like huge yeah. arguments with people. It was real calm and nice. To me, it was just like, just like you, man. I was like, mm, what do you mean? Very easily. Freddie would slice him to pieces. But then they'd be like, well, I don't know, man. Like, Jason's pretty dang strong. I'm like, oh, yeah, well. So anyway, I do. Well, I do remember it's on. It's on HBO for sure. I do remember kids too being like, "Well, Jason, Jason never has to sleep, so yeah, Freddie can't do anything." It's like, well, okay. I mean, that's kind of valid. Okay, so those are all of the kind of quote unquote original releases. Well done. I made it through. You did. But there's one more movie, man. Mm. Released in 2009, it was the reboot. I'm not gonna super go into it because essentially. If you really want to know, do I think you should watch it? Mm-hmm. Yes, because 
if you want to watch a Jason movie that's a little bit more fast paced, yeah, Jason's actually like he moves quicker. He can run after you. Okay. He brings that terror element to it. There are some plot points that I just didn't like necessarily like, you know, mm-hmm. but I will tell you right now, the best, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut this out, easily. Is this my coin? <laughs> uh, but anyway, some of the plot points are kind of silly or whatever, but I thought, as far as the costume design and the way that Jason looked, yeah, it's kind of back to that Kane Hodder oh, yeah. look. It's less like kind of weird supernatural, you know, kind of thing. Oh, so he's, so he's not like bigger, dude. He just looks. It's basically like the movie. No, I mean he's big, but I mean he like, looks like this tall, like scary dude, man. And like the the thing about this movie that I think Ultimate fans kind of didn't like about it was that it doesn't really add to the franchise mm. other than just kind of Rebooting. making a modern movie. Yeah. yeah. Making a modern movie. It kind of like mashes up the first three movies into one mm. in a way. That's cool. So anyway, all in, I think that the the remake or the reboot is definitely worth watching. Mm-hmm. Actually, there's like some of the kills are like, man, super brutal. Throughout the series, there are some super brutal moments. In this one, there's a similar thing, but he like burns this chick alive while she's just stuck in her sleeping bag, dude. Yeah, yeah, so it's a little bit sort of next level, but at the same time like there's still that porn type. No, not, no, not, uh, aside from that, not really, no. Okay, good. But I thought, I th- it's it's definitely worth watching, man. Like you and I were talking about before, but I'm glad that and my wife kind of told me to watch it somewhere else because she never would have because it was like more scary that's the thing like you go back and you watch some of these 80s movies and you know you think about it in terms of like none of them really kind of scared me they were cool because Mm -hmm. of what they were but i feel like if you had like a 15 or 16 year old watching these they would kind of be like "Mm," yeah you know i know come on so well this one kind of go ahead this one kind of brings the character and the story and the lore and the legend into kind of their realm Mm -hmm. and makes it a little bit more like realistic yeah yeah i mean even as a kid i mean i don't know maybe this is just me but i always felt like you know there were certain things that would scare me but it was always like the weird things that weren't always right totally meant to be scary and so like Mm -hmm. I, i remember like you know kids on the bus or on the playground or wherever at school like explaining a movie to me and like it it would always seem so scary and i was like oh my gosh i've got to see this this like yeah. seems terrible and then it was always kind of a letdown in a way yeah i guess because my our imaginations were so wild yeah. yeah i mean in a way dude there's still moments that are sort of like you know kind of freaky mm-hmm. and they do they they do a good job of of kind of like having that suspense and stuff and i gotta say Throughout the entire twelve movies, they always do that callback to the oh yeah, which is so every time you hear it, you're like yes yeah and and so like all in, you know before I was kind of like a man Nightmare on Elm Street's the best, you know who cares about Jason? Mm-hmm. I, I got to tell you, I'm kind of like a convert now, and I no. really really liked these movies. Not better. I'm just saying I'm glad that I've got all those, all the Freddy movies on VHS. Yeah, all these on VHS forever in the collection because they're just so so good now you have kind of i mean you have kind of got me wanting to to watch a few like i, I feel like i really want to watch four yeah, i you know i to be dude i, I kind of want you to watch them i mean i know anybody listening to 
it is ambitious. <laughs> and that's part of the reason why this yeah. is going to be a megasode. Yeah. Because there's just a lot. 12 movies is a lot. I can't even remember in the last 12 movies I watched, but I just watched all 12 of these. Yeah. So it's very ambitious. But, you know, Halloween's coming up. Yeah, it's man. Perfect time to revisit them, dude. And I, I, I know you'll enjoy them. <clears throat> even the ones that are silly, mm-hmm. they're just super entertaining, man. And I'm, I'm glad they exist. Well, as we are nearing the end of our Camp Rad Strangeness uh, summer event, we just figured that there was nothing better and no better sort of movie franchise that kind of embodies and encapsulates mm-hmm. that summer slasher or thrasher, like what he, like what he likes to say. Um, you know, especially most of these took place at uh, Camp Crystal Lake, so... It was kind of perfect. Man, I think you did a great job. You got me wanting to watch all of them now. Well, I'm glad. Um, not only is Camp Red Strangeness coming to an end, but listeners, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Here it comes. Next week mm. is actually our season finale. Boom. So, Camp Red Strangeness. Strangeness. Let me try that again. So drunk. S so drunk. <laughs> Not only is Camp Rat Strangeness coming to a close, mm-hmm. but season one is coming to a close it as is. well. Mm-hmm. And it's been an incredible season, and I'm just extremely happy with episodes one through 50. I can't believe next we're going to be I know. 50 episodes. 50 in. episodes. That's awesome. Now, before you get too nervous, we have not only a huge plan for our season finale, mm-hmm. but we also have something very huge planned and that plan is we're going our separate ways and i'm talking going to to an art podcast and woody's going to a a counseling podcast (laughs) no we uh we have something very special planned for this season two premiere so it's gonna be stay tuned there like we see every single week you know man alive we love the fact that people have been listening to our show and we keep on getting more and more new listeners that reach out mm-hmm. to us and, and and for everybody that takes the time out of their busy lives to listen to us, it just it just means the world to us and we can't thank you yeah. enough. Mm-hmm. Feel free to go over to Instagram. Uh, just look up That Would Be Rad and uh, jump right in because uh, there's always great conversation in the comments. You know, like Woody said, there's there's new folks joining every day with our, our super loyal folks that have been there since the very beginning. Like Woody said, without you guys... We well, we would still do it, but we, I don't know if we would record it. So uh, we definitely we without you, we definitely went ahead an excuse for me to not only buy these VHS, <laughs> yeah, but to have watched all twelve of these movies. Yeah. So for that, I thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Also, a little side note. Thank you, Isaac, for sending me another case of sugar-free rock star drinks. Isaac, I know I talk a lot of trash. Okay, about, he's awesome. Uh, no, I'm not t- saying I don't talk trash about Isaac. No, 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 I know. I talk trash about these energy yeah. drinks, but you know, you, you know, feel free to, you know, shoot a, send them my shoot way. a couple my way. So shoot a couple my way. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that, and I will let you know how they they stack up against my uh, the old mainstay sugar free Red Bull. Also, I have to say for all you folks listening that were commissioned me to do some art for my last list, it has been a very stressful month. Uh, I sent the package off to Cam at Inky Knuckles, uh, all 19 pieces of art on the 7th of July, and we thought they were lost. It was totally lost for three weeks. And then now, in the last few days, 
it's popped back up and it's supposed to be reaching him in Canada either tomorrow or Friday. So fear not, your art is on the way. So we appreciate you. We love you. Happy Friday the 13th. And as always, be rad. That's the way it Future would be